Let's take our Bibles this morning, please turn to Luke chapter 7, Luke chapter 7 this morning. We'll look at a familiar passage of scripture, and while you're turning there, I just want to share something with you. In about 2008, I believe it was 2008, in September of that year, I went to a, a pastor's fellowship in Guelph, Ontario, and there I uh, heard a missionary preach that um, a message that I really felt captured the heart of service and ministry taking what God has given us and doing our very best for the glory of the Lord and uh, serving with all the abilities that we have. And it just really spoke to my heart, the humility with which the message was shared. And from that moment on, my wife and I thought, that's a missionary that perhaps we'd like to to get behind and support and get to know. And so the following year, they had the same preacher's fellowship. This time it was in Quebec. And my wife wasn't able to go to that one, but I went with Pastor Eagles and Pastor McLean and and Brendan went along, and, and I, the missionary was there, and he preached again that year. And so I, I got their picture, and I sent it to my wife, and that bothered her. I got to meet them, but she didn't. But anyway, since then, we've become dear friends. And uh, Brother Steve Donnelly uh, is one of the best missionaries I know, serving the Lord in places where, where not many people want to go, up in the Canadian Arctic and has started some churches up there, and now uh, starting another church, and he's about 60 years old, and starting another church in Whitehorse, and God is just using him to reach uh, the indigenous peoples of northern Canada. And uh, I'm just so thankful for his friendship, and I want you to pray for him, and uh, not just him, but he's got a great family too, the Jones family we support in Inuvik, and uh, doing a great job there. But yesterday, uh, he texted me, and uh, we were just talking back and forth a little bit, and he shared a thought with me that uh, I thought about it for a moment yesterday, and I was studying my own stuff and, and, and moved on. But sitting on the platform today and talking about how great the glory of our God and all these songs, how great thou art, and all those things about grace, uh, his thought came back, and it's what he's preaching on this morning. And uh, he, he asked the question, did Melchus ever get saved? Does anybody know who Melchus is? Raise your hand if you know who Melchus is. No. Melchus was the soldier who got his ear cut off by Peter. And, and he went on to say, and think about this, there's so many people, and you all know somebody, and perhaps you have gone through this in your life, and perhaps you're here today, and you're a little bit jaded about church people. I know sometimes that happens. We get Somebody says something unkind, and we get angry. Peter was an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, and how did he treat that Roman soldier? He cut his ear off. And the point Brother Donnie was making was, does he remember what Peter did, or does he remember the touch of Christ? Will he ever get over the touch of Christ? And that's how we make our decisions, isn't it? I thought, boy, what a reminder. I don't, I don't know what he's preaching. I have not heard it. He just gave me that one little thought, and I thought, boy, I want to preach that sometime. We, we sometimes never get over how another Christian treats us. An unsaved person may not get over how we treat them. But if we can show them the genuine touch of Christ, the genuine love of Christ, then perhaps they'll be changed forever. And that's often how people make their decisions. Well, I won't go to that church because that's how they treat people. But I'll go there because that's how Jesus treats people. And so we have to balance our lives like Jesus and strive to treat others like he would have. Those men were coming to take Jesus to the cross of Calvary. And yet, he loved on Melchus and touched him. He'll never be the same. 
I often wonder, we think Jesus always touched and healed things so perfectly, but I wonder, and I'm just wondering, I don't know, and you'll probably get upset and argue with me and say, no, when Jesus heals, he heals perfectly. I wonder if he left a little scar there so that he could brag to others, this is what happened. Jesus touched me, and you can see the evidence of it. Imagine going home that night, and his wife says, what's that scar? Jesus touched me, his children He'd never be the same, but did he believe what Peter did or did he believe what Jesus did? What a thought. It's just rolling around in my heart and my mind today, and I'm almost tempted to preach it, but I'm not ready. Let's look at Luke chapter 7. Let's pray for Brother Donnelly as he preaches that message this morning. You go find it. It'll be on Facebook. Go find that message, all right? And uh, if you do that, though, I can never preach it. You understand that, right? Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we thank you for our missionaries, each and every one of them. And Lord, uh, thank you for the friendships that we can form and, and with these, these folks that are willing to give their lives and go places that not very many people want to go. And Lord, the Jones is up in Inuvik and, and reaching the folks there, and the Donleys have spent decades up in the north and, and planting indigenous churches. And uh, Lord, we think of Riley up there as well, Featherstone, and, and uh, so many that have just given their lives, the Stelzigs that we support. And uh, Lord, not just there, but all around the world. And we pray that you would help them today as they go to their churches, go to their pulpits. Lord, a lot of them dealing with the same things that we deal with on a daily basis. And I pray that you give them the power of the Holy Spirit as they preach today. And Lord, thank you for Brother Donnie and his friendship. I pray that you'd use them for your glory today. Lord, help us now as we come to your word. Lord, what a thought you've just given us already and how Brother Donnelly has challenged me this morning. I pray that the Spirit of God would develop that thought in my heart and help me to be more like Jesus and not like Peter. And so, Father, we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke chapter 7, look, if you will, in verse 36. Luke chapter 7, in verse 36, and we'll make our way through the end of the chapter. It's a familiar story. The Lord Jesus Christ had been invited to dine at Simon the Pharisee's house. Simon, I, I believe, and I'm and I, I, not necessarily sure, but I believe he was a leper at one time. The Bible talks about Simon the leper, whom Jesus healed, and it would make sense that that's why he would invite him to dine. You see that in other parts of the scripture, that Simon the leper also invited Jesus to dine. And while he was there, the Bible says this woman, this woman that Simon, the Pharisee, would call a sinner, would come in and approach Jesus from behind, humbly approaching that table. And there she would anoint his feet with oil. She would weep tears on his feet and dry them with her hair. And the Bible says, continuously kiss his feet. Quite frankly, in most churches, we would think she is over the top. She is extreme in her worship. But I believe with all my heart that this dear woman had been forgiven of much. The Lord Jesus Christ will tell us that. Simon the Pharisee was aware of her past life and her sin and thought in his heart, if Jesus knows who this is, that this woman is a sinner, he wouldn't allow this to happen. But the Lord Jesus Christ answered him and said, she's been forgiven of much, so she worships me much. I just want to explore that thought for a few moments this morning as we look to the Word of God. Look, if you will, in verse 36 of Luke chapter 7. 
Luke chapter 7 and verse 36, and one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. Behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisees which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master... Say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him the most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house, thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears, and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they sat at meat with him, began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you and praise your holy name today. The wonderful message of the scriptures that we see in this woman's life today and Lord, when the Bible calls her a sinner, we could all put our name right there. I'm not trying to hurt anybody or put anybody down. Just simply know what we are in Christ, sinners saved by grace. Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to examine this life and her interaction with Jesus and help us to bring out these principles that will help us to know her praise, to know how we should return thanks to our Savior, to provoke that thanksgiving within us that that trumpets and glorifies his grace. So, Father, I need your help. Fill me with thy Holy Spirit today. And, Lord, may you speak to this congregation. May each one of us know your Spirit's presence, pleadings and promptings in our life. And, Lord, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, a few minutes ago, I, I said this, that in most churches or most religious circles today, this woman's worship would seem over the top. And now that we have read it, you might even agree with that statement. Here's a woman that falls at the feet of Jesus and is weeping and shedding her tears upon his feet and drying them with her hair and then anointing with oil that she brought in. It was likely very expensive. But here's the thing. Though the Pharisee Simon questioned what she was doing, Jesus loved it. There was only one in that room that this woman knew loved her, and he was the one that she came to please. 
She didn't ask permission of anybody to come in. She just walked in. In those days, if you were a Pharisee and you lived in a Pharisee's home, it was customary to have these stately dinners. They would have important friends in, and people from town would stand outside the windows. Windows aren't like today that they would seal up. And they would stand so they could hear the conversation and know what was going on. And so this wasn't just Simon, and it wasn't just Jesus. There was others there at this dinner and others that were listening from without. And this woman pushed through the crowd knowing she must worship her Savior. The one that had forgiven her of her sins, Jesus said, She had been forgiven of much, and that's why she came. I want you to notice some things today as we talk about her praise, and notice quickly this morning the cost of her praise. The cost of her praise, the Bible tells us in verse 36, and one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet him. Behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meeting the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. Alabaster was a a mineral or a stone that was very expensive in those days. And the ointment within, I'm sure, was a precious ointment or you wouldn't have stored it in such a costly box. And the Bible says in verse 38, And stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. I want you to notice, first of all, it cost her her possessions. I've got these out of order, guys, and I'm sorry. It cost her her possessions. Notice this box that she brought. And and, and the Bible says it was alabaster and it was filled with an ointment. In other scriptures, it's called a perfume. But we know that it costs something. This was, but, uh, but, but I want you to understand something. This was not about a mandate to give. This woman had never been told, you need to go to Jesus and give this offering. If anything, it would have been the temple that she went and offered unto God a sacrifice of thanksgiving or a sacrifice of praise or something that would, that would uh, echo her, her thoughts of forgiveness, that, that she was thankful for what God had done in her life, but this was not a mandate. Let me put it this way. This was not a tithe. This was an offering. This reflected the very condition of her heart. This showed that that she loved the Lord Jesus Christ and it, it cost her something and we noticed that it revealed her heart. Her love and her gratitude came out in this gift. She was willing to give something that cost her something. You'll remember that King David was given a a field that he could perform sacrifices and he wanted to pay for it. And they said, no, just take it. We'll give it to you. And he says, I will not offer anything unto my Lord that costs me nothing. There's a good principle there that that when we give to our God, it should be valuable and precious. And so she gave of her possessions and it revealed her heart of love and gratitude, but it also revealed her humility. That's going to take us into our next point. It revealed, notice her actions. The Bible says she approached him from behind and she fell at his feet. If Jesus were just merely a man, he might not even have noticed her come in and suddenly felt something around your feet. A friend of mine one time told me, he says, he says, I, uh, he says, I, I had gone up north fishing and he says, I was way up somewhere and he says, I, I, I was driving and I wanted to get there and he says, I couldn't quite make it. I was tired. And so he says, I, I went through this little town, and he says, I had about two hours left, and he said, I just decided I better get a room for the night. I'm, 
winding roads in the north. You know how it is. I don't want to make a mistake. And so he says, I pulled off the road. And he says, there was this little flea bag motel. This is all the, the only thing up there. He says, he couldn't find anything else. So he says, I pulled in and I parked. And he says, I, I went into the motel. And he says, I went right to sleep. I crashed. And he says, in the middle of the night, I felt something on my chest. And he says, in my mind, I'm thinking, the cat climbed up on my bed. Then I realized I'm not at home. And he says, I opened my eyes and a big rat was laying on my chest. He says, I I grabbed that thing and I threw it against the wall. He says, I killed it. I threw it so hard. Well, that, that would shake you up, wouldn't it? That would surprise you to be snuck up on like that. The Lord Jesus Christ could not be taken by surprise. I think it says something about the Lord Jesus Christ that when this woman walked into the house and she began to get down on her knees and, 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 and he wasn't even startled when she reached from behind that chair and touched his feet. That would make me jump. I'd be like that guy with the rat on my chest. I'd be startled. I'd be scared. But not her, not Jesus. You can't sneak up on the Lord. And he, it's like he knew she was coming. She began to worship him. But I want you to notice it didn't just cost her possessions, it cost her pride. Do you know the Bible says that when Ruth was to go and meet Obed, she was to pull back the blankets from his feet and lay at his feet for the night. Do you remember that? Do you remember what Jesus washed for the disciples? He washed their feet. To to humble yourself and to submit yourself at the feet of another was a sign of humility and respect. And this woman came and she humbled herself. Not only did she go through the ritual cleansing of washing his feet and anointing them, instead she poured her tears out and not with a towel did she dry it, she dried it with her hair. She was submitting herself totally to the Lord. She didn't just give her possessions, she gave her pride. Let me say this, she didn't care what anybody else thought. It didn't bother her that Simon was leaning back in his chair and he was criticizing this woman, a sinner that was touching the feet of Jesus. And perhaps he was embarrassed by her her display of humility and, and falling at the feet of Christ. And why is this happening in my house? And perhaps he's forming an apology in his heart and mind. Master, I am sorry that this woman got through the door and I'm sorry that she's embarrassing herself. But she didn't care. She didn't care. I want want to say that sometimes I and we are more like Simon the Pharisee than we want to admit. We see somebody breaking down and weeping at an altar and we say, what's wrong with them? We see somebody get excited about the Lord and we wonder, what has happened? That's a little bit extreme. Don't they know we're Baptist? Hey, we're Biblicists before we're Baptist. Oh, my. Come into his presence with singing and rejoicing. Enter his courts with praise. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout with the voice of triumph. For the Lord our God reigneth forever and ever. What do you mean shout? 
What do you mean raise your hands? That's a little bit extreme. That's a little bit of talk. Listen, forget about your pride for a minute. Humble yourselves before your holy God. Worship at his feet. Think about this. Others saw themselves fit to share his table. She only saw herself fit to weep at his feet. Oh, I know we're brothers in Christ. We're brothers with Christ Jesus. And we've been invited to his table. But do we think we're worthy? Do we think we deserve to be there? Not this woman. Only Simon did. I want you to notice, secondly, the complaint of the Pharisee. We saw the cost of her praise, but look at the complaint of the Pharisee, verse 39. I I like this. And boy, this ought to wake us up. Now, when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself. He didn't say it out loud, okay? Make sure you understand that. He spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering, That'd make the hair on the back of my neck stand up. I'm thinking something, and Jesus answers it. You ever done that? Somebody says something, and you finish their sentence for them? It's kind of creepy sometimes, isn't it? Kind of eerie. The Lord Jesus Christ starts answering his question, and he hadn't even said it out loud. But notice his complaint. The Bible says he speaks within himself that this woman, verse 39, if he were a prophet, if he really who he says he was, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. It was causing him to doubt. I told you earlier, and I think, I think that this is Simon the leper who was healed. I believe that. But now he's questioning, is he really a prophet? Does he really have the ability to see what's going on in the hearts? And boy, he answered that question, didn't he? Simon, let me answer what you're thinking. Wow. You know, sometimes we say, well, you know what? I I don't like what's going on, but I'll just keep it to myself. God knows it anyway. God knows your heart. He sees our critical spirit and our attitude. We got to be real careful. We got to be real careful. Well, I think sometimes, how many times I've patted myself on my back because I thought, boy, I, I showed some restraint there. You won't believe what's going through my head, and I didn't say it out loud. You know, my wife will say, I, I'll say something smart, and she'll say, I can't believe you said that. And I'll say, you should have heard what I was thinking. That's nothing. God hears it all. And we will be judged for our idle words. Even when we say them in our heart, Jesus answered him. Notice the complaint of the Pharisee. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23, for as he thinketh in his heart, you finish it. So is he. That's what you are. We see the cost of her praise. We see the complaint of the Pharisee. I want you to notice this, though. The conviction of his parable. This is where I want to settle in. The conviction of his parable. Notice in verse 40 with me. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. Verse 
There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. He, the one, owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him the most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom the most is forgiven. He forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. The conviction of, boy, I read this parable and it convicts my heart. First of all, we see the principle of receiving forgiveness. The principle is receiving forgiveness. Now, here's the thing. The Lord Jesus Christ uses this parable, a story with a spiritual background to it, to help us understand his point. And he says to him, he says, if a man were forgiven a debt of 500 pence and another 50 pence, which one do you suppose would love the most? And he says, well, the one that's been forgiven the most. And I think you and I would agree with the same thing, but here's the problem. Here's the problem. The Pharisee, didn't realize he'd been forgiven a lot too. He didn't realize he was no better than this woman whom he called a sinner. And so we see the principle of of receiving forgiveness, but we also see the principle of recognizing our faults. I don't believe the Lord Jesus Christ was just trying to throw a parable out to help this man understand, hey, I forgave her more than I forgave you. I think he was trying to say to this man, understand this, you're just as great a sinner as she is. We need to evaluate ourselves a little better. The Bible talks in James about those that come in in goodly apparel and wearing a ring and we put them in the best places in the church. God forbids that behavior because we're all just as guilty as she. Her sin might have been different, but it was no worse. Her sin condemned her to hell, just like ours does. The real issue here is that the Pharisee could not see that he was just a sinner like the woman. That Listen, two things. That requires careful examination. That requires careful examination. There's another Pharisee in the Bible that stood and prayed and said, God, thank you that I'm not like this publican. Truth was, he was no better. It's just that the publican knew it. And he beat his chest looking for mercy. Would to God that we would carefully examine our own lives. That's why we have the Lord's table. The Bible says, let every man examine himself. I think we need to evaluate better. So take some careful examination But listen, it takes some contrite evaluation. Contrition is a deep awareness of one's own sin that leads us to repentance. We have to stop looking at, listen, you just have to get honest. 
We have to stop looking at our sin and say, well, that's not so bad. I'm not as, I'm not as bad as Kevin or Donna or Joanne. Well, what they're doing is much worse. You got to quit comparing yourselves with others. You compare yourself to Kevin, he's always much worse. I'm just going to be honest with you. You have to stop comparing with others and start falling at the feet of Jesus. Because at the feet of Jesus, this woman said, I'm nothing. I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. And the Pharisee, full of self-righteousness, leaned back in his seat and condemned in his heart. We have to get honest and have some contrite evaluation. The principle of recognizing our faults. And I want you to notice lastly this morning the compassion of his proclamation. We've seen the cost of her praise, the complaint of the Pharisee, the conviction of his parable, but I want you to see the compassion of his proclamation. Look at verse 49 or 48. And he said unto her, and he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. What else could Jesus have said to her that would have been any better? Hey, thank you for washing my feet. Well, that would have been nice. My daughter, I appreciate so much the blessing you've been today. That would have been nice. But he didn't say that. He said, thy sins are forgiven thee. I believe they'd already been forgiven. The Bible records the parable of Jesus as he said that much had been forgiven and that's why she was giving much. He already was telling us what had happened in her life, but I believe he was reminding her, hey, they're still forgiven. They're still forgiven. We dwell so much on our past and I think we need to be honest about our sinful past and, and understand it, but listen, we have been forgiven Christ has paid the price for our sins and we are now children of the most high God. And so we see, first of all, in, the, in his compassion, he gives her the relief of sins forgiven. Isn't it a relief to know that you're clean? Oh, we might fall and we might fail, but there's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein and sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. You could be made whole by the blood of Christ. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That was written to Christians. We have to get real about our sin. We see the relief of sins forgiven and we see the reality of salvation found. Verse 15, he said to the woman, thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Let me say this, if I can back up just a little bit. The title of the message is Her Praise. Why did she praise God? Because she'd been forgiven. She understood who she was, but now she knew who she is. She understand how people looked at her. When Simon the Pharisee said in his heart, if he were a prophet, he'd know what kind of woman this is, that she is a sinner, he was just echoing the sentiments of everybody else in that room but Jesus. He was just saying in his heart what everybody else in the streets were saying out loud. She was an outcast of society. And so what made her praise God? He said, well, she's had a pretty rough life. Why would she want to go to church? Why would she want to praise Jesus? 
She doesn't have the advantages of other people. She doesn't have a husband and children. She has lived a life of sin and debauchery. And why would she ever be one that would come and because she'd been forgiven? Next Sunday, tonight actually, when you come back to church, ask yourself the question, why should I praise God tonight? Because you are forgiven. Your sins are washed away. We, we uh, heard a song last summer, and it's kind of a southern type, I'll fly away type song, you know, and, uh, but it says this, I'm not going to hell. Now, a lot of people criticize that little song, but I'm going to tell you what, I'm glad I'm not going to hell. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not going to hell. Oh, that's kind of a hinky southern song. I don't care what it is. I, I love to shout from the rooftops, I'm not going to hell. I'm saved. I'm washed in the blood. And that alone is enough to praise him. She praised him because she was forgiven. The Pharisee, I believe was healed physically and would have his life given back to him. But she was healed spiritually and she had eternal life given to her. That's why she praised. Are you saved today? If you're saved, praise him. Because if you don't, the rocks are going to cry out. I'd be, I, I don't know how that works. Can you imagine one day the rocks start crying out and you look down and your name's on those rocks on behalf of Al Fieri? Oh, I'd be so ashamed. Praise him. Because you're saved, because you're forgiven, because you're washed in the blood of Christ and because he is worthy. Let's bow. Father, we thank you and praise your holy name today. Father, we pray that you just help us to have that heart always within us to praise your holy name. I suppose it's not always easy to get up and go to a place where we don't feel wanted or accepted. And that's exactly what this woman did. Sometimes we say we've been hurt by other Christians and so we don't want to be a part of it. This woman had been hurt. Even after the touch of Jesus, we see Simon still mocking in his heart. And Lord, I believe if Jesus wasn't there, he'd have mocked her to her face. Because that's what a Pharisee would do. God, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to kind of look at both sides of this today. Lord, we are a forgiven people, loved by Christ, and covered in his blood. And may we praise like this woman did. But help us never to treat others like the Pharisee did. Help us to show the same grace that Jesus showed. So Father, bless us. We pray in this invitation time. Speak to our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. If God has spoken, this altar is open. May God do a work in us today. <clears throat> do an honest evaluation. Compare yourself to Christ. Find somebody who in your mind has sinned worse than you have. You can always find that. 
But when we compare ourselves to Christ, we find that we have fallen short of the glory of God. Let's praise him today. Saved. If I were to die today, I don't know where I'd spend eternity, heaven or hell. I just don't know. And I'd, I'd like to know for sure. And we'd be happy to help you take a Bible and show you what it means to have eternal life. So one that just slip up your hand. I won't embarrass you. Nobody's looking around. I'm not going to embarrass you. I promise. Say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure I'm on my way to heaven. Is there one? So you're saying, I'm sure. I got it settled a long time ago. I understood the gospel message. I understood that I was a sinner. And I asked Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins. And when his Holy Spirit came in, he he didn't just take up residence, he transformed my life. He made me a new creature. You can say that today. If you can't, let's work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Let's be sure.